full-time whistle. And Solskjaer has won it. And you've heard that somewhere before. What a night for Manchester United. Okay, welcome to episode three of the MUFC podcast. We're not gone yet. Three episodes strong. Now, Larry, I would ask how you are, but... I don't think there's any point. Has there been a worse week this season? <sighs> Liverpool are flying. They're in the Champions League final. Manchester City are just about wrapped up the league. What a time to be alive, Tom. We're out of Champions League qualification. We're going back to the Europa League. It's exciting times. I think the worst scenario, I looked at all the scenarios, and they had, if we finish sixth, and Watford somehow beat Man City in the FA Cup final, will be our season actually starts the 25th of July which is only a few days after the Perth trip I so, believe after Perth they go to Singapore so but we're supposed to play Tottenham on the 25th of July but if we <laughs> play an actual qualifier for the Europa oh, League they'll uh, try and do both knowing knowing Manchester United they'll they'll put some players against Tottenham they'll send half the squad to Yugoslavia somewhere I don't know where and, we're going and get knocked out in the qualifiers which, might, which might be a good thing yeah, I think we can discuss that in pre-season. So to go on to a kickoff question for this week, I think it's only fitting that we go the worst moment under the worst moment. Sorry, post Fergie, which I think we'll both have the same answer to, but I think there's a few honourable mentions. So the Ooh. worst moment post Fergie when we signed Maron Fellaini. <laughs> I think that was the first moment post Fergie. Uh, look, it has to be the Olympiacos game. No, uh, I agree. If you just look at the the, the effort of oh, the effort of the squad that day, I don't know what was happening, but every ball, every tackle, nothing came off. The team just lacked effort, and they just looked drained, and they looked like they were sick of Moyes before we were sick of Moyes. And then I know we came back to win three nil in, in the leg, but yeah, you know, that has to be the worst game. Four nil, four nil against Everton a couple of weeks ago was pretty close for me. I think it has to be the Olympiacos. I remember watching that and not just... I was just in a stare watching the match. I wasn't even angry or sad. It was just... It had absolutely lost for words. There was the MK Dons 4-0. I don't think that was too bad. I think that was a team of kids that, yeah. that still that's called MK Dons. Yeah. For me, though, I think maybe potentially not the worst moment, but I think something that sort of summarises the last six years was away at QPR when Phil Jones standing there with two hands up taking a corner oh. I think that's, that sort of encapsulates the last six years I think if you just put a picture to find the last six seasons post Fergie Phil Jones standing there you taking know what, a corner you know what epitomises Manchester United since Fergie's retired we had David Beckham taking corners David Beckham took the corner for Solskjaer to, to win the Champions League final in 99 and and the treble and then you had Phil Jones taken across <laughs> where have we fallen well now just in the, <laughs> just in the space of the week you had the quick corner by Alexander Arnold the other day who sent the ball through and but on Sunday Ashley Young took a corner from the same side and killed it out for a goal kick and I just <laughs> you know you can only laugh you can only laugh if you don't laugh you'll cry or you'll pull your hair out it just it's indicative of where the club's gone and you know what I know look we hate Liverpool we hate Liverpool and I saw a tweet it was ridiculous if you I can't remember who released it you're not a football fan if you can't if you can't if you're not passionate about Liverpool winning Patrick Van Aanholt 
Mate, alright, I'm not a football fan. <laughs> yeah, <I'm not> a <laughs> so fan be it. Let's go, let's make this a rugby league podcast. Okay, so just on that in regards to social media and continuing on, I'd say the negativity. The biggest thing probably this week in regards to United is hashtag unfollow Man United. I've got my own views. I think everyone has a view, but I think everyone can see both sides of the argument and both sides of the argument are somewhat extreme. No, not extreme, but everyone's quite passionate what side of the fence they fall on. Yeah. So take it away. The commonality that every Manchester United fan can take, whether you support it or you don't support it, is... It all comes from a place of love. We're all passionate about the club and everyone, every United fan wants to see the club be successful again. Unfollow United, from what I've seen of the hashtag, is to reduce social media follows because Edward Wood, infamously now, uh, at one of his, uh, one of his uh, meetings that he holds with the, with the uh, shareholders, mentioned that we have uh, social media following larger than the Catholic religion or something along those lines. And... Look, I'm all for taking a stance against what the clubs, the, the commercialism that the club seems to be obsessed with, no doubt. But reducing social media followers isn't going to make a statement for me. We've seen it in 2005, you know, we, we saw um, the Love United, Hate Glazers. 2010, we saw the, uh, the Green and Gold Scarves. But again, it, it just, it all blew up and it, and it fizzled out because the club was successful. So... There's two sides to this. Is it too little, too late? The other element is, if you're going to make a statement, you need to do it in the ground. That, that, that's the thing for me. For a statement, social media is nothing. That is not where a club makes its money. The, what, what money are they going to make from a YouTube channel? The money for me is through merchandise and sponsorship. And the only way you can affect that is if they start seeing red empty seats at Old Trafford. Because then... Right. Merchandise people think, okay, we'll buy a shirt, the money goes to Man United. That's not how... Oh, look, I'm no financial expert, but from what I know, that's not what happens. Adidas, pay United the money up front. Anything we buy goes to Adidas. Obviously, in the grand scheme, a small percentage will go to United, but the money goes back to Adidas. So you have to make what Adidas are buying into less appealing, and that is an empty stadium. Now, we're not sitting here on the other side of the world telling people not to go to their games. go to the games every week we're in no position to say that and if we had a chance at going we definitely wouldn't be walking out but that is the only way that a statement can be made because the club will then think well Adidas aren't going to see Old Trafford as a viable option they're not going to give me the 75 million next season if they start seeing empty seats and that is where it's going to hit the club not in social media followers because in my opinion and again I'm not a social media expert but this whole campaign Unfollow United is just bringing more attention to United's social media. They're getting more clicks on their website. More fans, are, more rival fans are probably clicking on. And... Yeah, look, I 100% agree with you. And the thing is, look, we all can identify that there needs to be a revamp of the footballing department. But, you know, and, and the the Glazers have spent money. So, look, it's not a money issue. It's, it's a... We need to put... That's right. It's a recruitment. It's a strategy. And we've been saying it, we've heard it, it started in August last year. We're still waiting for the appointment of a director of football or footballing director, sporting director, whatever you want to call it. Not to go off top, you're going to go straight back to your point, but the late, yeah. just at the time of recording this, there is a strong rumour suggesting Darren Fletcher is going to be announced as the... That is, again, just a rumour that he's going to be the director of football. 
but sorry to interrupt, carry no, on with your point. No, you're, you're right. Um, look, and again, we'll see. Like, for me, again, it's the wrong appointment. We've, we said it last week. Appointing footballers who have a history of the club and understand the club, you can use them in an element for recruitment that you can send them to when you're trying to bring players along. You know, like for me, if I, if I was a young aspiring footballer and Rio Ferdinand came to meet me and said, come join Manchester United. And yeah. of course, like you're in awe of someone like that who's a legend of football. But if you're using Darren Fletcher to bring out a strategy to plan what the, t- the team's meant to look like in 10 years time who's never done that before I think you're setting him up for Mission Impossible and again it comes down to Ed Woodward but the Glazers don't hold Ed Woodward accountable for the footballing side of the department uh, for the footballing side of the club I, th- I think what a lot of people and we're just going to get back to that because I was a bit of a sidetrack there on my my fault in regards to Unfollow United but um, a lot of people say, well, why don't the Glazers just get rid of Ed Woodward? And there's a simple argument, well, he's making them money, so yeah. that's not going to happen. But in my opinion, that is not the case. If you look back and do a little bit of research, Ed Woodward brokered the deal for the Glazers to buy United. So the, right. the Glazers owe him everything. So whatever he does, it's like getting rid of a son. The, yeah. the, Glazer, the Glazers do owe Ed Woodward everything. So I do not see a situation where they could ever get rid of Ed Woodward. Edward Wood definitely has his strengths. If you look at the commercialism of the club, oh, I don't think the there's revenue any, I don't has think there's more than doubled. Yeah, the revenue's more than doubled. And it's look, there, there is an element of that that a football club does need to put a, a focus in there. We're not saying that, you know, we all love buying new jerseys and seeing what new noodles are out there. No worries. But we need to start putting an emphasis back on the football. And if fans want to make a protest again I support that but we need to do it in a way where it's at the ground you need to get now again how many fans are going to be willing to do that you mentioned it earlier we come from Australia I went to a football game in 2017 I paid $350 for my ticket there is not a chance in hell Tom we'd be losing 10 nil. I'm not leaving my seat <laughs> okay so you can get you can get fans to leave and then I hear the argument don't renew your season ticket. There will be someone else waiting. Yeah. The waiting list at United to get a season ticket is ridiculous. So, look, I don't know what the solution is. Is there a solution? Yes, there is. If you want to get the club's attention, but you need you need someone with a plan. You need thousands of people to support you. You need to be able to convince people of your plan. Do you what think, the vision is. Do you is. think at Old Trafford and then United? Do you think you can grasp that sort of numbers together when you have? The community of Old Trafford is match going fans, like it or not, thousands and thousands of tourists. Yeah. You're always going to have not a divide, but different sections of a fan base in that 70,000. Yeah. Are you ever going to have, say, 70,000? Are you ever going to have 60,000 people on one side? I, I don't think it's possible. I, I don't think it's possible. If you get, look, it, let's yeah, say you it, get it, a third it, of the stadium out, that's still making a statement. If you're seeing empty patches, when the team's doing their lap of honour, it's still making a statement. But the problem is, it's this isn't a one-off. If you want to make a statement, it has to be away fans. The away fa- United away fans are, are noted as the best in the league. Oh, undoubtedly. So, if that's the case, imagine the away fans didn't go, or they didn't sing. Like, that's a statement. And it's doing it week in, week out, until you see what you want. But the thing is, we're going to... In saying that, I think the away fans are the... 
you, as I say, you've been to an away game with them. Yeah. I think a lot of them will probably prefer to be relegated to League One, League Two, oh, and, mate, in terms would. of away days. I don't think the performance on the pitch actually. So I understand your point. <laughs> they're there for the but, piss. <laughs> but in, in terms of their fans, yeah. they're, they're probably sort of like the bit of the downfall. But just back to on the in regards to the hashtag. In terms of clicking on your little smartphone, you're holding or listening to on this. Clicking unfollow or block or anything. What do you think Ed Woodward sitting at home is thinking? Does, do, do you think he actually really cares or do you think... In the last 48 hours, if you look at Manchester United's Twitter account, because you can't see the breakdown on the actual on, on their Twitter page, it says 19.2 million as of 48 hours ago. And if I go on right now, it still says 19.2 million. Yeah. I, I think there's been a decrease of about 25,000 people. It's not enough for well, Ed Woodward well, well, to which, break a sweat. Which one do you think? You think 25,000, that's amazing. 25,000 in Old Trafford, that's amazing. When you put 25,000 into 19.2 million... That's right. It, it's, a, it's a grain of sand. What's $100 to a yeah. billionaire? You know what I mean? So, it's not... I, I appreciate the, the effort and the thought process or lack thereof of the person who's thought of this but look there needs to be more thought into it and the thing is we're going to make a, it just takes one big signing yeah, and all those follows will be doubled who do you reckon will be playing the piano in January in January in Ooh. July because we'll, there'll be someone we'll do a, we'll do a transfer show yeah, um, no, at we'll some point that. but I think there might be a certain Argentinian who might be playing the piano? Oh, don't tease me. Don't tease me. I think I know you mean. That's my dream. Everyone disagrees with me, but that's the signing for me. Yeah, Lionel Messi. <laughs> no, not after his performance at Anfield. Did he play? I don't know. I'm still looking for him. Still looking for him. Everyone's looking for him. Um, okay, we're going to move on now to our own South American, who, like, I read a nice stat. He is now the leading, or has been for a while, the leading appearance holder, a non-European appearance holder at United. He's been here for 10 years, Antonio Valencia. Solskjaer has confirmed he's leaving. Valencia himself has confirmed he's leaving. His dad has confirmed he's leaving. The club are yet to confirm he's leaving. So, As long as it came from his dad. Well, So we're under the impression this is the last chance Valencia has to play at Old Trafford. So just thinking, just going back over the last 10 years, Valencia, he came in rightly or wrongly to replace Cristiano Ronaldo how do you sum up his last 10 seasons look I'm not going to say it's fair to say he came in to replace Ronaldo let's just say he, he played in the right same winger. position that Ronaldo played in I'm, I, I, it definitely wasn't a like for like replacement and I'm sure if you asked Fergie did he think it was a like for like replacement he would say in his very thick Scottish accent fuck no um, I think Valencia has been a wonderful servant and I know he's had a very sudden steep decline as of late but you know what? It's it's more just been the attacking side of his game. You know, I think defensively. Two years ago, he, we were we were saying he was the best right back in the Premier League. I remember there he was, was the, he was there was the game against uh, it was against Liverpool at Anfield when uh, everyone was criticising Mourinho for the nil nil after we after we became four nil FC. Right. And I remember that offensive performance that Antonio Valencia put in that game, and he was brilliant. And and if you remember uh, when when we first signed him. Um, he, he was a, an amazing crosser of the ball. I don't know where his crossing's gone. Well, I feel, I feel like he, I, I was over in, when I used to play over in England, I went and saw a game. Actually, Vincent Company scored his first goal for City. He just scored his goal, which could um, win the title for City. But Vincent Company is actually playing for City against Wigan. And it was when Valen- I think it was Valencia's first season in England, and he scored an absolute bomb against Man City. And Wigan ended up winning the match 3 1. And the year after, 
there was a season Ronaldo left and the year after Australia Sporting. So personally, I was over the moon to actually see this player who I was in awe of on the pitch, thinking he's a decent player, and then United signed. So I always had a soft spot for him. But then um, I think as an old-fashioned right winger, he was at times in the 11-12 season unplayable. Yeah. It was all for no step overs, nothing. He got the ball squared up a defender, said, I want to drop the left shoulder and go to the right. The defender knew what was happening, but his pace and power was unrivaled. As an old-fashioned winger, he was perfect. And one thing I sort of took issue with, or to take issue with a lot of the time, a lot of people saying after that ankle break he had against, I think it might have been Rangers in the Champions League, said he never recovered. That, that sort of was the issue with Valencia. He had that ankle break. And he was never quite the same player. He lost that yard of pace, and that's when he went back to right back. But if you actually look at it, that was in the title-winning season of uh, 2010-11. He actually got Player of the Year the year after. Yeah. So I don't look. The ankle break might have had a maybe a impact on his career and his longevity, but it never slowed him down. He, he's he was, 32 he, he was, at Manchester United. He was Player of the Year the year after. Yeah. And look, he was unfairly not unfairly treated, but the expectations were unfairly put upon him in terms of being a, in inverted commas, direct replacement for Ronaldo. Yeah. But for 10 years, for someone who, by all accounts, can actually speak English, but chooses not to. <laughs> but the perception is that he doesn't speak English, but he's been here for 10 seasons. He has, look, we can argue, uh, we can debate his performances, especially in the last few seasons, until the cows come home. But overall, in terms of effort levels, which is a main criticism now of players... I don't think you can fault him. I think he's... Look, you don't put him down as a legend or one of the club's great signings. But I think everyone looks back on him and think... Yeah, think of the solid highest player. Highest Loyal regard. Um, very hard-working player. Um, industrious. And you know what? You made a good point. Wingers these days are very inverted, you know? Your right winger is left-footed yep. and your left winger is they're all number. They're all number 10s who play out wide. Yeah, or they're, or they're wide strikers, however you want to put it. So Valencia is one of the is the, probably a dying breed. There's not many wingers like that anymore. Um, he's a wonderful player. Deserves a testimonial. He won't get one. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah. And I think looking back, there'll be an interesting trivia question in, in 20, 30 years' time on who was the captain when we won our first Europa League trophy. And the, the, if you look at the photos, Wayne Rooney is there lifting the trophy. But Wayne Rooney came on in injury time. Antonio Valencia was the player who led the team out for that, that match. So, look, we can mock or in the Europa League next season, for God's sake. But it is a proud moment in the club's history. Yeah. And Antonio Valencia was the captain, and pretty much the captain that season. So uh, he leaves for me, again, not a legend, but I have the high, highest regard for him because I think he's been Here's a question, fantastic. Tom. So we've got our last game of the season against Cardiff. Solskjaer will be thrilled to be playing his old team. Would you play Ashley Young at right back or would you give Antonio Valencia a swan song? I'm not Oli out and it will take a lot for me to be Oli out. If Ashley Young leads this team out, not even leads this team out, plays ahead of Antonio Valencia or Diego Delo for that matter, I cannot say that I'll be Oli out, but he will be testing my patience. I'd, if he does that, if Ashley Young plays ahead of Valencia, I could flick over and watch the City match. I, 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 there is no reasonable explanation for him to play Ashley Young over Valencia for this game. Valencia's in training. Solskjaer has only had positive things to say about his work ethic since he's been reportedly injured slash just dropped. 
old, I don't like to use this word in football, I think it's overused, the word disgusted. I might be disgusted if Antonio Valencia doesn't play in this. More disgusting than bird shit falling in your mouth. <laughs> uh, I just think there is no Antonio Valencia last game. It's a nothing game. We can f- potentially finish fifth. That is unlikely with Arsenal playing, but you never know. I think Arsenal might be away. There is no... I'm, I'm waiting for a reason. Can you give me a reason that Solskjaer would play Ashley Young? I don't know. They might be buddies. Uh, they might hang out sometimes. I don't know. I wouldn't pick Ashley Young. <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy. If do I was the coach. Do you, do you think, though, he potentially looks to the future and plays Delo over Valencia, or do you think Valencia gets a run for his so-called testimonial? How about an option at a left field and he plays Leo Connor? I agree. Irishman. The, needs his debut. You won't find a bigger advocate of playing the youth for me in this game, but I think, as it is a nothing game, the youth have a whole future ahead of them. As we said, Valencia getting a testimonial is somewhat up in the air, slash we don't think he will get a testimonial, even though he technically deserves one. I think he'll come off the bench. I can't see Valencia starting as much as... Don't you, don't, don't you think in a game like this, the state innovation when a player leaves the field is more... I, I agree with that, but he's been frozen out. He's made one appearance since Solskjaer's come in. I think they said it was the Newcastle game, Newcastle yeah. away. It was Newcastle away, and that was when we all realised he, he was definitely finished, but... He hasn't played him this whole time. He's been saying he's injured. I personally don't think he's injured. And I can't see... They say there's no room for sentiment in football, though as fans, that's all we watch football for. We look for those sentimental moments. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think he'll do it. I'd love to see him come on um, and get a rousing applause and finish on the field, much like Rooney did in the Europa League final. That's how I see it all go down. Okay, so on the Cardiff game, we're just talking about that. For me, Valencia has to play. I can understand an argument for Delo, but if Solskjaer often talks about the fans and the feeling he has for the fans, and again, Valencia is not a crowd, he's not a hero or anything, but for me, he simply has to play. So Valencia is the right back for me. Now, we'll just go through the lineup a little bit. An interesting one, which we touched on last week, David De Gea. Is, is this, before that, is this a nothing game? with potentially fifth and Arsenal playing away? No game's a nothing game. Whenever you put on the jersey, you should be putting in 100% effort and going out to win. Okay, so this is a game Solskjaer thinks he could potentially finish fifth and avoid a qualification for the Europa. Of course, of course. We need to go out trying to win. So does De Gea play or Romero? Or Lee Grant, if you think Lee Grant deserves it. Put me a goalkeeper if you're going to play Lee Grant. Um, I think De Gea will play. I don't agree with it. I think Valen- I think that Hay is gone, mate. I actually think he is. If you're asking me, who's the most likely player to leave at this stage out of the players who you know we say we would like to keep? I think De Hay is gone. He's. We didn't because we didn't qualify for the Champions League. I simply cannot see him staying. If you look at his form, it's just it's the perfect storm. He's not playing well. He's gonna have a year left on his contract. We're not in the Champions League. It's the perfect storm. For him to leave, I hate to say that he's been such. A do you think out of these performances, though, those in Spain, specifically Real Madrid, do you think they look at him as the David de Gea we know he is, or do you think because he's not as regarded? I don't even as in think. Spain. I don't even think. Yeah, you're right, and I don't even think it's Spain that he goes to. I think oh. he could potentially go to PSG. They've got Buffon there, who hasn't renewed his contract. We expect him to leave. He could easily go to PSG. Yeah, PSG. Yeah. I never really thought of PSG. Yeah, I always think of Real Madrid for the fact that. Technically, he signed for Real Madrid. 
Yeah, and his partner lives there. I'd love to live there. Um, you know who I, who I, if we're talking about the Kairi lineup, and he's come under a lot of stick lately. Rightly or wrongly, I, I'm keen to see what you think. Marcus Rashford does, and look, I, I understand that there are some vile, quote unquote, fans out there who say, call him Trashford and say he's a championship level player, which is just a load of garbage. But does he get away with? Does he get away with more than other players do? Because if you're telling me, if I'm looking at the form of say Martial and Rashford, for example. Rashford's not playing any better than what Martial is, but Martial's being smashed, whereas I feel like with... You don't think Rashford's getting smashed, though? He's getting smashed by by millennial fans who don't have a sense of maturity about him. Um, I think for for us who can be a bit sensible, we can say he's a 21-year-old kid who is in double digits um, in terms of goals who's got more goals than Ronaldo did at the same age, and by no means am I saying, does that mean he goes on to become Ronaldo or achieve what Ronaldo has in the game? But a 21-year-old, if we're looking at the big picture, again, taking sentiment out, I don't think a 21-year-old striker can be expected to lead the line for Man United and we aspire to be a top club. It's, it's just he needs support. Now, whether that's going to be Lukaku or someone else comes in is another story. I just have a feeling, and it's easy to say this now in the midst of this patch of bad form, but I remember we've, we've spoken about this before and there's an obvious comparison between Martial and Rashford. Do we think Rashford is as good as a lot of people think he is or do you think Rashford is what he is, a youth player who's come through, has a bit of pace, can get it behind, but really when you look at in terms of quality of European football, you look at attackers, uh, you don't want to compare him to Mbappe, but Mbappe is a freak. Okay, but when you look at the class plays, you go, okay, Aguero up front, you got Salah up front, um, he's up front for Arsenal, Lacazette and Aubameyang. Yeah. Is Rashford, is he that or is he just a youth player who's come through? I think, I think Rashford definitely has quality. I think he's a first-team player, but I think in the long term, if you're looking at United fighting for a title, I think Rashford's a backup. He's, a, he's either a backup striker, a backup who can play out wide. Because as much as I'd love him to be the... Like, we've heard people say he let him break Wayne Rooney's record. I don't think no, he's going to get anywhere. He won't get either. No. I, I, and I'm a big fan of Marcus Rashford. This isn't me being critical. It's just stating that and highlighting that while there's definitely quality there, finishing doesn't come natural to him. You can see that too. When he went through that purple patch of scoring goals when Solskjaer first came in, again, it was a lot of bombs. It, it doesn't have that natural instinct for me in the box when a ball's coming in to just be a pure poacher and finish. Okay, before we move on to just one or two other plays before we wrap up, just one word. Marshall or Rashford, who do you think has a better career at United? Ooh. I'm going to say Tony Marshall. I really think he can turn it around. Um, and if I'm looking purely at, and again, it's come down to attitude. If you put Marcus Rashford's attitude in Anthony Martial's body, I think Anthony Martial becomes one of the best players in the world. But Martial doesn't have that attitude, or so it seems. So I think I, I do expect Martial to kick on and have a, have a good career. See, the thing is, I think Martial will have a better career than Rashford. However, if you just put money on it, I would not be shocked if Martial leaves and Rashford, just by default, has a better career at United for the fact that he is still at United. You know what scares me, Tom? It's a bit light-hearted. Liverpool? Uh, no. <laughs> the fact that Solskjaer calls Rashford Rashi... I, I have no issue with it. He, oh, it calls... He, oh. I'm, everyone it has, just makes me feel itchy. Everyone has an issue with it. He's... <laughs> makes you feel itchy. No, 
if you see someone every day at work, like that's what you call them. Like, yeah, but for me, it's too pally. It's too. It's too much of. But it's well, not enough what, coach player. For what me. would you prefer him to call? Call him Rashford, Marcus. But what if he calls him that at work? Which that they are at work. Hit Ferguson call Skolzy, Giggsy. Like, yeah, Skolzy and Giggsy were world class. <laughs> Uh, it's a tough, I, look, I, I, a lot of people do sort of take issue with that personally. I think it's stupid, but that's football fans when you're for playing you. Oh, bad, when you're losing, you criticise everything. When you're losing, those things do get on your nerves. Okay, anyone else in line for a start? Do you think for Cardiff? Or, yeah, or def- I think, or definitely... I think Mason Greenwood definitely starts yeah. if he's fit, if I, he's which fit, I expect he, he will. He seems be. to be injured. He seems to be the Phil Jones of his name drops. Uh, his name dropped James he, Garner. Uh, I'd love to see James Garner get a start because I'm sick of Matic. For me, the player who has to start, and uh, the argument definitely is, and I agree, his physicality, but Angel Gomez, he, he's always played under-18s and he had his first full season in the reserves this year. A lot of people forget. Um, and he's still very young. He, like, I think he can still play in the 18s. He might be 19 maybe, but I think he's 18 now. Um, first full season in the reserves, picked up no injuries. He's playing against men in the in the reserves. Yeah, he played well against and, the uh, Wolves in the under-23s as well. And I think find somewhere on the pitch for him, OK? Look, at the end find of the somewhere. day, if you don't give players an opportunity to sink or swim, you'll never know. So it's, yes, we're going for fifth, but ultimately we got nothing to lose. Uh, for me, just, yeah, I'd love to see Gomez get a start, um, Greenwood get a start. And okay. just see what they can do. I've got five players here, five of the youth players. Not if you would start things. I think at the moment, given our attitude towards the team, we would start all five. But just yes or no for either of us if you would start these youth players on Sunday. So Greenwood, it's a yes from both of us. Yes. James Garner. Yes. You'd start in midfield. Yeah, I would. Yeah, but I think he should start over Matic. However, I don't think he will, <laughs> yeah, I think Matic will start. Angel Gomez is a yes from me. I'd love to see him start, but I can't see it happening. Heath Chong's an interesting one. He stood out against um, Huddersfield, but maybe not as impressive. He stood as... out in terms of his energy. Did he stand out in terms of his quality? I don't think he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't. He wasn't great. For me, I think he starts because he, he seems maybe be ahead of the others. But it's a yes from me and one outside the box to finish that one. Leo Connor will he start at fullback? Oh, if it's at the expense of Ashley Young, I would love it. I would love to see it. Um, I'm going to say yes. I could see him taking Luke Shaw out, potentially. Luke Shaw, he could play at left yeah. back, potentially. Okay, we'll finish on that positive. Now, we'll know more about that when pitches come out at training later in the week or earlier on the weekend. So that does it for episode three of the MUFC podcast. Now, next week we'll be recording a touch earlier for anyone in Sydney. The Man United Supporters Club of New South Wales have got our monthly meeting at the Albion Hotel at Parramatta at 7.30. So everyone is welcome to come there. Under-18s are allowed if you're accompanied by a parent. What we do pretty much is get in the pub in a room. We'll have a sectioned off area. Pretty much bitch and moan about United season. Um, club memberships are available for next season. All the info leading up to the Perth tour. There's about 40 or 50 of us heading over to Perth. Um, so to come along, grab something to eat, some dinner, we'll have a trivia. I think I'm doing the trivia questions this week. So um, other than that, follow all the, we're across all the things now, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram on just search MUFC Pubcast. And it's all there. So if you want to get involved, just please comment, get involved. 
if you want to get on the podcast, we've already had one or two people ask if they want to get involved. And during the off-season, we'll be having plenty of podcasts. I'm sure there'll be a lot of transfer stuff. So we'll be definitely knocking, out, knocking a few of these out every week. Please get in touch. Cheers. Thank you.